from a fallout shelter somewhere under Seattle, Washington, it's the show you've been waiting for. Get ready to join your hosts, John and Kendrick, as they talk comics, movies and more. Now here's Spoiler Country! Alright, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick again. That is Johnny Come Lately. <laughs> again, God. And today on the show, we got our man on the street, Casey Allen. Getting yeah, we to do. talk with the man, the myth, the legend. I'm waiting for you to say the name. Mr. Jimmy Palmiotti. <laughs> I didn't know that was my cue. I missed my cue. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a good actor. I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> do you leave the pause in or we cut that out? <laughs> I mean, now we have to leave it because we're talking about it. So it's, it's there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, we, we were not able to schedule ourselves to talk with uh, Mr. That's Palmiotti. Right. But luckily, we have Casey, who you've heard before on the show, do some interviews with people that we can't schedule with. Um, he was able to meet up with them and um, talk with him about his Kickstarter that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Do what do you know about the Kickstarter? Uh, well, I know it's a, it's it's for his uh, creator own series, Painkiller Jane. Nice. And they're doing he's doing a hardcover new story for it with some uh, some some great artists. And I'm not going to say too much about like what's on the Kickstarter because they talk about it in the interview. Yeah, but. If you're a fan of Palmiotti, if you're a fan of Painkiller Jane, which is a great series, I used to have those, you know, I don't back have them anymore because back in the day, I've sold my collection off three times since then. But, you know, I've had them, I've read them, I love them. I, I'm actually, I'm backing his Kickstarter because, you know, I want the new hardcover. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it, as soon as I saw him doing the uh, the Kickstarter on, on, on Twitter, I messaged him right away saying, hey, I do a podcast where we talk to people about Kickstarter. Is any interest in coming on? He was like, hell yeah. Nice. So we've spent, he only has a week left. So if you're listening to us now, there's a week left of the Kickstarter. Yeah. It's literally taking us that long to get this thing scheduled. Yeah. Get out there and, and support Jerry Palmiotti. One, one, one of the greats. Really, yeah, truly yeah. one of the greats. And one of the nicest guys in the industry. Right. I mean, he's worked on Harley Quinn. He has worked on um, Ash with with uh, Joe Quesada. He's worked on you know, pain, obviously Painkiller Jane. He's worked on so much great stuff over the years. It's like, did you watch the movies? Which movies? Painkiller Jane. No, I have not seen the movies. Like on Sci-Fi. No, I know they made them, and they actually, I did, I do know that there was, there was just a fan film released for it as well. Yeah, um, like they did really month. well actually for as far as sci-fi films go. Nice. Yeah, and it's with the. I think it's the girl that played in T3 that played oh, the really? Terminator. Nice. Yeah. Christana Logan. She was a model. Turn, act, turn actress. <laughs> oh, well, you know, she kind of knew what she was doing. I mean, she did a bunch of, you know, she worked She uh, worked with, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Why am I having a German director he- came on our show? Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Oh, my Lord. Are you serious? <laughs> she worked with Uwe Boll on the Blood Rain movie. Oh, was she in Blood Rain? Yeah. Well, which one? There's three of them. The first one. one. Oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if she did other ones or not. She might have done other ones, but she was smart and she like bought licenses and did things uh, for herself. Yeah. That's that's the smart way to do it. Yeah. Maybe she didn't do anything that's Oscar worthy or like big budget, but but she made money. But she did stuff for herself, and you gotta you gotta commend that. But. We're not here to talk about Kristana no, no, We tend to go on tangents like that sometimes. We always do that, every time. But Jimmy Palmiotti's got a Kickstarter for his pain, his newest painkiller, Jane. You guys should go out there and check it out. We got Casey Allen. It's going to have an interview with him right now. It's just it's just like a really crazy time. Dude, I, it's all good. I'm sure you're uh, all over the place right now with uh, promoting the book and everything. We're going in the book, and we're trying to get some other work done, and we have to head out to L.A. on Monday, so we're like Tuesday, I mean, so we're trying to get everybody's covers. Amanda's trying to get everybody. Everybody needs everything right away. It's the oh, history, yeah. you know. You guys, man, you guys are busy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't we, imagine. Yeah, we, you know, it's it's actually a lot calmer than it used to be because with Harley used to be like every day, you know. We had to do like three books a month and – covers and you know now it's like without harley so much it's, it's a little easier but we've given ourselves all different kinds of work to do so you know oh I, I bet i bet so let me pull up my notes real quick man okay. um I, I, <laughs> my, I was talking to my wife about uh possibly doing this this interview and um uh your name um somehow uh got misspelled on autocorrect 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said, you're talking to Paul Giamatti? I said, Paul no, Giamatti. no, no. That, that would be way cooler. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. See, okay. <laughs> I, I was I was talking to a friend of mine uh-huh. the other day um, just about, you know, favorite uh, people in comics. Uh-huh. And um, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, we rented the movie Chasing Amy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, you you have some history of that movie. You were in that yeah. movie. Yeah. I didn't know who the hell Ben Affleck was. I right. knew who I knew exactly who was sitting right next to Ben Affleck in that shot. <laughs> uh thanks to, you know, the the folks at Wizard, I guess, cause, Yeah, we 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 spent Joe and I spent a lot of time um when we started, you know, when we started working together, uh we understood that we're going we were heading into a well, computers were just starting, right? Like home computers were just becoming a thing, and uh, and we we talked about the idea that we have to do more than just do the books. We have to get our faces out there. So it became really important for us, especially when we started doing Marvel Knights, to put a face to the work because because we were both like thinking if we're going to be at shows, people, you know, it's great to love an artist and and a writer and all that kind of stuff, but we felt like okay. Um, it's going to be a generation with, of celebrities, you know, people want to see the people working on the stuff they do. And I'm the same way, you know, I remember I used to buy albums and I couldn't wait to get the inside sleeve so I could see who the band looked like, you know, what the band looked like and stuff like that. And, um, you know, if you think before the internet, it was just magazines and some, and TV once in a while, you know, we saw somebody. So when we, uh, started doing the Marvel Knights and event comics and all that, we always put our pictures in things, and then when we did stuff Wizard, we told them, you know, you have to put our photo in. That that's genius, man. I mean, you're 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 fomenting a a personal relationship with your readers. They know who yes. you are. Yes. So they can get mad at us. They know who to point at. Oh God. Throw <laughs> stuff at you know. No, but it was. But for us, it was like, so for me, it was, you know, I knew who, like, I looked at it like, you know, because I was a huge music lover. And, um, you know, but if you look at, like, if you look at, and, and again, this is my generation, didn't have the computer, didn't have the music videos were just starting, you know, in, in, or 1980, 80, 81, you know, you saw Blondie and, you know, all these different people coming in and, you know, to, to see them live. Sometimes was the only time you saw them. Um, and then, you know, as the videos, music videos came, then we realized that, you know, it it became more than just the music. Sometimes it was the look, it was the video. And when we were doing Marvel Nights with Kevin Smith, we felt, okay, now's our time to kind of go in because Kevin's making himself known pretty well. And with his movies, he was just a part visually, you know, of, of his movies as, as anything else. And uh, we said, well, we have to do that with comics because the person anybody knows that looks like anybody is is Stan Lee. Everybody knew what Stan looked like because he put his photo in all the comics. But we were like, okay, but nobody else is doing it. Like nobody, really, nobody, you know, is putting the photos the photos out there. And uh, so for us, we we spent a lot of time making sure that was something we did. That that's awesome. And. and... It's funny you mentioned Stan because I was talking to to John Horsley, the the guy who started Spoiler Country, and we were talking about you know th- there is a Stan Boyd now. Who's going to pick up that torch? And, there is there is nobody. <laughs> but but you're you're out there. I see your Twitter feed, and you're you're blowing it up, man. You're talking. You're getting people hype about the medium, and talking well, about ways to improve the medium, and that's awesome. I, I have one thing in common with Stan, and um, it, it's probably because I, I keep creating new things. Like, I'm creating new characters and new projects and stuff. I'm not really, um, as much as I love working for DC and Marvel and some of the bigger companies, uh, my main thing is always, you know, what 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 can I do new? What can I create that's new? And even when they give me one of the characters from the companies, I tend to go in and rework it a little bit, you know. Uh, Harley is a good example of that when Amanda and I just kind of went in and said, all right, you know, let's take this character out of Gotham. Let's change her costume. Let's give her a, a supporting cast. Like we went in and rehashed everything on it. You know, we went in, and Amanda just kept making up new costumes and stuff. Um, 
But, you know, Stan, Stan, I mean, I knew Stan very well. And, and uh, you know, let's be honest, he created characters that, you know, besides making billions of dollars, it's just they're world, they're world known, you know. It's, and, and it's like there's only a couple of creators that even come close with doing stuff like that. And Mignola with Hellboy and, uh, and the list gets, you know, maybe Frank Miller getting his name out there. But as far as being a spokesman for comics, you know, Stan Stan had all the chops because he did all these characters and he's been through it all and he's been he's been vocal since day one, you know, when he's first started. I mean, the Stan's just always been that guy, um, you know, and you know, and people who complain like, well, you know, he didn't do as much. Jack Kirby drew this and Steve Ditko did that, but at the end of the day, Stan understood the power of putting his face on things. Yeah, yeah, and, and he was beating that drum. And he was beating it crazy, and he's saying how much we love comics. And I, I think the closest thing, although he doesn't do many comics really, but he still does comics, is Kevin Smith. Kevin is pretty close. He's vocal. He's out there. He loves his superheroes. I mean, when, when we started working with Kevin, when we started doing Daredevil, he went out there and went on talk shows and talked about Daredevil. And you know? I love the, the whole Marvel Knights thing. I thought that was such a – just a – bold move for you guys and it was punk as hell because i mean you guys were you know kind of the the new kids on the block for for yeah. a while yeah and uh you you were going in at like the big established company and doing your own thing with the characters and it was amazing well we you know when when we uh so we were working on uh we were doing event comics which was ash and painkiller jane joe and i were like you know, we were trying to get books out, and uh, we were doing other work, different kinds of work. And then, uh, you know, uh, Garib Seamus was the one that actually uh, recommended us to uh, Marvel. Because Marvel was in Chapter 11, and they were just like, we need to do something. And uh, and when they asked us to do that, we 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 got very demandy. We were like, we want the penthouse. <laughs> you know, we want the penthouse. Because they had a 13th floor that was a penthouse. And it was mostly advertising guys up there. And we said, no, we want that whole 13th floor. Um, and if you can give us that, we can do this. That's and, awesome. um, you know, and they did. And by doing that, you know, we actually had 24-hour access to Marvel. So we would work there late at night and we'd have our artists come up and, you know, we would brainstorm. But, but we were only doing four books a month and it was a lot of work for us. Um, but we also understood that not only are we going to put the right people on the right books... But we need to go out there and put a face on what we're doing. And that's where Wizard came in, because any opportunity we got, we did covers. We were in photo things with them. We did events with them. We hosted events. You know, we, um, at, I, at one point, I was the uh, host of the Wizard Awards in Chicago for like five years in a row. <laughs> and, you know, anything I could do to put my face out there... And again, I was an anchor slash editor slash writer. You know, I was trying to do a little bit of everything. But in the long run, all I wanted to do was make great comics. And with Marvel Knights, we wanted to show the guys there we could do it better than they can. You know, and that's the kind of stupidity. You have to have that stupid energy, you know, thinking you're going to strike out and do it better than them. And, you know, and, and with we got lucky. I mean, we got the right team on Black Panther. Which, you know, years later, of course, you know, the movie did very well, but it had a lot to do with our book. I mean, it, it had a lot to do with that series. And uh, and, it, and the Daredevil and Daredevil and Punisher, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. So it was the right thing at the right time. And we had a relationship with Kevin already built in. So we kind of, you know, asked him to do Daredevil. I think there's a video today online of me and Kevin talking about it on the Sci-Fi channel. And uh you know, we we just again right people, right time. We got lucky, and it was it was fun for me. It was like we did it. We had a hit. We did it for a couple of years. They got out of chapter eleven, and it was time for me to go. Uh, Joe was Joe wanted to stay and you know, do the editor in chief thing. I didn't want a, a desk job or anything like that, so uh, I went and just started writing. Uh, I wanted to do more writing and more creating, and. Uh, so we both went our own way, but it worked out great for both of us in the and, end. And and obviously, I mean, you showed you guys could do it better than they could because Joe is one of the head guys there. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty it, amazing. We 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 did it. We did it different because our books also we digitally colored them and weren't really doing digital coloring. 
at Marvel then. And, and so we digitally colored this stuff. And then we were, you know, we, we, we kind of overtook everything. We created our own little logos and our own, you know, and we made the books feel different than the regular Marvel books. Like it, like we knew when we launched the four books, people were going to buy all four, no matter what they were, because we were packaging them in a way where they stood out. You know, they looked like they looked different from the regular Marvel comics. And at that time, it was something that wasn't really done. You know, uh, now they do it all the time. And right. Every company has another label, another brand. They launch another five book. But when we were doing it, you know, we just said, hey, look, here's the Marvel Knights. These are our four titles. If you buy one, you must buy them all. And uh, <laughs> and I think it's it's also because I had, you know, I had uh, eight, eight or nine years of advertising before. I got into comics. I worked in advertising, so I think a lot of that helped uh, that kind of push, you know. So that that's what I was wanting to kind of kind of ask you about. I mean, it's it's not unknown for a, a comic artist to be in advertising, especially with like the old the old guys back in the day. Yeah. Um, what what made you crazy enough to want to get into comics? <laughs> You know, I love I love comics, and I went to the high school of art and design in New York to take comic book illustration. Um, but somewhere in eleventh grade, I started I started ghosting for some comic artists. I won't mention them, but uh, you know, I just kind of I, I kind of saw that there's really not much money to be made in the business, so I got into advertising, and it wasn't until. I think like eight years later in advertising, I was like, okay, I think I know how I can make some money in comics. And uh, so I left that job. And then I started actually doing backgrounds for Mark Texera, who was a high school buddy. And at the time he was doing, he was drawing Punisher and uh, Ghost Rider. So I helped him out. And my thing for helping him, I said, I have to, I'll help you work, draw these two books if we do it in the Marvel offices. So I would meet him every day in the Marvel offices. And while I was in there, I got to know the editors and walk around and show my samples. And eventually I just started getting work. Cause I, I, you know, I had the, I had the really good skill of knowing when to leave the room, which is a, a very interesting skill because some people stay in the editor's office too long or they keep talking or whatever. My thing was, Hey, here's my samples. I'd love to work for you. I got to go great talking to you. And, and you know, I can kind of feel out the room, and that was advertising background. You know, when you when you sit and you can read people, and that was one of my one of my skills that I have to this day. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Tex, you were talking about Tex a minute ago. Yeah. He is one of the first artists that, you know, a, as a kid, I saw one of his Ghost Rider covers and was just like, "Holy crap! This is amazing!" And um, an, another person uh, that I know you worked with was uh, the the guy who created X. And uh, yeah, Doug Mankey. Yes, yes, yes. I'm ter- I'm terrible with with pronunciation. <laughs> That's okay, That's all right. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, Doug Mankey. That uh, that art on that book was amazing, and oh, uh, he's great. He's phenomenal. And your inks were, were, you know, helping push that along as well because that was a really well done book. And that was one of your earlier works, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was Stephen Grant was the writer and, and Doug and I would do any artwork on it. And it was a lot of fun to do. You know, I when I started, I thought I'm just going to do Marvel. And then I realized if I only work in one company, they kind of have me by the balls. You know, and so I started working for everyone, DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, all of them. And that's the thing I learned from advertising. The client, but if you only if you're going to keep it all one place, then, you know, you, you might be in trouble if something happens. So I've always had the advertising part of me always said work for everybody. And to this day, I still do. I still do Marvel work. I do DC, Marvel. Uh, boom, well, whoever, you know, new companies, whatever, you know, if there's a decent deal out there where I can create something new for them, um, you know, I think Aftershock was the last one I worked for, you know, if there's a decent deal on the, on the uh, table then I, and uh, I'm okay with the paperwork on it, then I'll do it, you know, um, yeah. So you're, you're really big about creator ownership. 
yeah. to, and and that's something you you've always been really strong about. Um, yes. is, is there any th- advice you could give to people who are just starting out now? Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, so when we start out, you know, we we so thrilled to do something, we'll sign anything to do it, and that's a go away. Uh, <laughs> you, you need you need a lawyer. Everything should have a contract. You need a lawyer. You should find a lawyer. Um, if you're creating something new, there should be reversion rights. So if the company gets sold or if they don't do anything for years, the rights for your character revert back to you. So there's little things on the contract. You know, um, any company that's keeping 51%, you have to understand that no matter what, they control the property from then on in. Oh, yeah. And you're just a person who gets a check. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Like, if you create new things for Marvel, you don't own any of it. Okay? If you own it for DC, if you create something new for DC, you know, there's a deal to be made. And it's okay, but it's, you're not going to make much money. Um, if you're working for Image, of course, you own it 100%. Um, and if you work for other companies, they pretty much, you know, decide. They, they, they like to control the rights to shopping the property or what the future of the property would be. So you have to understand that unless you own it, you're handing it to other people. And uh, sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you're just not built for stuff. And, you know, I have so many artist friends that say, oh, I can't write, so I don't really do any creator-owned stuff. You just have to find out what works for you. But I always say don't go in blind, you know. Um, I'm, I'm always on Twitter. If anybody really has a question or a contract question, I have no problem answering them. You know, That's I'm not the enemy. I'm not the enemy to companies, but in a way, companies should be more upfront about what they're doing with freelancers. But they put these are companies. These are giant conglomerates. They they're going to try to get whatever they can. And that's the nature of big business in America. You know, so if you understand that, you know, if you, it's like the snake biting you. You know, it's a snake. If you understand what you're dealing with, then you go in there with a clear head. All right, look, it's work for hire. I'm just going to draw this book, and that's great. You know, if you're happy with that, that's terrific. But if you're creating something new, you have to kind of – it's a whole different set of rules. Awesome. And, and so on to, to creating things. Um, uh, okay, I was talking to my wife earlier about the, the business you have uh, with, with Amanda Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, paper films. Yes. How awesome is that to be able to work with, uh, with with your significant other? Is it does that um, is obviously that's a good working relationship, but uh, yeah. How does that dynamic work? Well, she okay. So she's brilliant. Okay, so um, there's nothing she can't do. Amanda's like one of those artists that is a great storyteller. She can draw a hell of a cover. Sensibilities are great. She's super, super talented. You know, she has that one thing. Her characters look at you. When you look at her covers, you, you, you look back at the characters. It's not a pose, superhero pose. There's some activity going on. Characters look at each other or they look at you. There's an interaction with the reader that's in her, in her art. And that's the stuff that stands out. People don't understand it all the time. But that's the thing that makes it stand out. So Amanda and I work, you know, we both, when we were doing Harley, we were both writing the issues and we, you know, she's doing the covers or she's doing designs and everything. And it's, it's been great. It's a matter of fact, I'm pushing most of my work just with me and Amanda working on it because we go and sit upstairs and we, we work and we throw ideas at each other and we don't always agree. Um, but it's a fun talk to figure out the happy medium of it. Um, and, uh, Uh, but she's super, super talented. So I, I handle a lot of the business end of the work, and she handles a lot of the creative work. So it's a, a nice combination. And you both have been in the industry for uh, for roughly the, the same amount of time. She's a little longer than me, actually. She was, she was around a couple of years before me. Yeah, yeah. And it's I, I was on Twitter, and I heard somebody say something about her not being in the industry long. I was like, where the hell have you been? Because <laughs> yeah. the first time I, I noticed her was in uh, an insert. It was like a wizard insert uh-huh. that had her uh, a vampirella story that that she did, 
Yeah. And uh, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah. You're well, it's funny, bad. you know, people say, oh, you know, girl, women in comics, and they used to have all this women in comics that a man is like, what are they talking about? I've been doing comics now for, you know, almost uh, 25 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I've been the woman in comics with uh, Colleen Duran and uh, Wendy Peeney and you know Jill Thompson. And there, there was a, there was a handful, and all of them super talented. But you know, people, uh, a lot of younger people don't invest in history too much. Not all of them, but there's a certain group that thinks everything they're doing is the first time, and then they have to be told, "Well, actually, this was done before." <laughs> you know, they have to be like, re- you know, because they didn't know, or they didn't research. And there was a lot, I, I always laugh at the people going, you know, this is the first time this has ever been done. And I'm like, mm, no, 1978, actually, that was a book. And, you know, um, again, history, people, certain people don't love history, but um, but she's been doing it a long time and, and uh, she gets better all the time. She's one of those artists that honestly, um, not all comic artists get better as they get older. Um, she's one of them that does. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've, I've been loving her work lately. Uh, so on to the, you know, the, the thing that you're promoting now, um, painkiller yeah. Jane. Uh, yeah. So J- Jane's been a character that Joe Sada and I created back in, uh, 94. That's a couple of years ago. Um, and we published it on and off with event comics and then, we did it with Dynamite for a while, and then I did it with through Icon, through Marvel. Um, but I decided that, you know, the problem with doing it with other publishers is because we own it, they don't invest that much time promoting it because yeah. they don't really benefit from it like they would something they own. So um, I decided to just sell the book directly to the audience to see how it would go. And this is my 11th Kickstarter, and... Uh, so it's a brand new, you know, so the the the, uh, the main part of the book is a brand new story uh, by me and Amanda and then uh, drawn by Juan, Juan Santa Cruz and Dan Kemp coloring it. And it's a 40, it's actually a 45-page story that we did. And then the, the Kickstarter has been doing well. We hit, us, we hit our amount, but we're going to stretch goal. I got a couple, we got a, let's see, I'm at like, I think, 46 grand. And then 52 grand, we're going to reprint Amanda's... Uh, Painkiller Jane Zero, which is a 36-page book. Um, so far, this book is over 100 pages, I think, if we hit <laughs> that number. But I but I committed to making a hardcover, so I made the stretch goals be more content. That so as we, hit, as we hit the stretch goals, the book's getting thicker and thicker. That will look nice on a shelf. Yeah, and we offer a digital one because I realize shipping is very expensive outside the U.S., um, so we always offer the digital and then for 28 bucks, you can get the actual book. Um, you know, you can get an actual copy of the book sent to your house. And I, I will say I've been doing 11, this is my 11th one and pretty much every package I've ever sent out in all 10 of them is either me or my buddy, Patrick, putting them in an envelope, me signing a paper and sticking it in there. So it's, it really is the most grassroots thing you can do on earth. And I actually love it because people, the people buying it really love the whole process. And again, I've done 10 before this, and I've never had it where it's shipped late. I've never had it where people didn't get their books. If, if there was a rating system on Kickstarter, I would have five stars. Because uh, awesome. any complaint, we take care of. I had a guy in New Zealand. It took me six months to get stuff back and forth to him. But we finally nailed it. And, you know, we just had a good laugh about it because... It was just the shipping was insane, and you know, I, um, but I, I pride myself in this. And again, when you do this, Kickstarters, you really put your reputation on the line, and I and I take that very seriously. I've worked a long time to build up my rep as far as you know, getting not only doing good books, but getting them making they look good, they're printed well, and of course, you're going to get it in the mail. And this Kickstarter, I only I have seven days to go. A full week on the Kickstarter, and um, I'm hoping to get, you know, more people interested. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a tough one to promote because uh, it's an established character. Um, so I didn't do too many interviews with it. Uh, it's just the people who like it like it, and the people who don't know it. As much as you talk it up, it's a hard sell. And Jane is an adult book, so there's a little, there's TNA in it. There's, it's violent. It's got. Uh, 
adult language, and it's not for everybody, and I get it. But uh, it's also something that's not on the stands right now. So I, I think in that in that level, we, we're slowly losing the adult comics on the comic racks um, as the big two companies are afraid to push the envelope these days. And, and that's one thing you've never really been scared about. You've uh, you, you've gladly tried to to push the boundaries on stuff and um, ha- have been successful at it. And yeah, I, I, don't, I, I like the gratuity. I like the gr- gratuitous nudity. I like the violence. I, 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 you know, for me, it always has to serve the story on some level, but I also feel there's a, there's a nature where I, where I, I understand this is like a B movie. It's not the A game. It's not the big movie, the blockbuster. It's the B movie. It's the it's the movie that takes a little more risks, is a little more naughty, it's a little more violent, it's a little more over the top, um, and I like to deliver that uh, to people because I just I just feel like I said I, I go to the comic store, I buy a lot of comics, and you know I notice they're getting homogenized more and more. You know, I mean we talk about you know uh, these characters can't smoke. This character can't do that. You know, God forbid you show a nipple. All of a sudden, the police are at your house. <laughs> um, you know, these silly things, um, I feel they don't have any room in my books, especially if I'm selling them directly to people and giving them a heads up. I feel like they get what there's no prizes. They're going to get what they're going to get, and they kind of know it coming out of the gate. And that's why the Painkiller Jane Kickstarter, I think, had gotten... Uh, attention and then the pledges you know it's we have 774 backers so i look at it as there's 774 people that want to have this book in their hands and hopefully by the time we're done maybe we can get it up to eight or 900 but uh i, I think it's a small audience you know I, i've had books that sell a hundred thousand copies and then you look at this and well there's 774 people but these are 774 people that are committing to this book and I'm I couldn't be happier you know that's amazing and and at the end of the day you're you're writing a a book that you want to read absolutely there's nothing (laughs) there's nothing in this book where I said oh maybe I shouldn't do that okay it's it's exactly what I want it to be and like I said we hit the stretch goal I have this uh we're going to add the origin of painkiller Jane which is a book Amanda drew it's painkiller Jane zero way way out of print and um, Andrew Drew and, and uh, Brian Augustine and Mark Wade wrote from our story. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to add these kind of things. So in the book, I'll probably open it with the zero if we hit that, if we hit that stretch goal. And, and then uh, so anybody who's never read the character before will get everything they need right out of the gate. And then they can go into the news, you know. Um, I, I'm a guy, I, I kind of also with the paper quality, spot varnish, the hardcovers, my goal is to make a book I want to put on my shelf, and um, I'm really picky. So uh, it, it's it's going to be a really nice book. I have John J. Hill, who's the best guy in the business as far as letter and design. He's designing it, and uh, that guy did the last book he did for me was the Killing Time in America hardcover, and that could not have come out any nicer. And this one, we're going to outdo that one. That's awesome, and, and it it really is something that a, I think a lot of the uh, the new people to to comics kind of overlook is having somebody that actually knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to lettering and um, designing the page. I mean, you can have an amazing yeah. artist and a, an amazing writer. If you have letters that look like shit, then it's going to be oh, yeah. distracting yeah. enough that you're not going to want to read the book. No, I mean, look, everybody that's starting it has a learning curve, right? So I've been driving this curve for 20-something years. But, I mean, when it, people start out, they, you know, they, they want it, they're excited, they want to get the book done, but they, it's not always as easy as it seems. Um, for me, the book has to feel flawless. You know, it has to be not only edited flawlessly, but it has to feel like the most professional thing you're getting. And, and uh it's funny because, uh, you know, in the long run, these Kickstarters, I don't really make much money on them. And any money I do make, I roll it into my next one. So I've been rolling these 10 books into each other. It's so funny because it's like, you know, I I go over the pledge and people go, hey, you made $8,000 more. And I'm like, well, I said, I also sold another 250 
And part of that money, times that by the $20 I got to pay for some of the shipping per one, you know, do all the math. And they go, oh, shit, yeah, there's a lot of math there. And I'm like, yeah, I said, there's shipping, there's packaging. Um, there's, you know, when I do the hardcover, I pick out what, what's the paper what paper stock, how much is the spot bonnet, how much is the cover swap, and then I have to ship it to me, and then I have to ship it out, right? So there's all these little things, all these tiny little things, and, and uh, um, but, I, but I work out how much things cost. And, again, I, it, this is less to do about profit and more to do about me being able to do another five of these, let's say, by the end of the year. You know, I just want to keep doing what I want to do. I've done enough Marvel and DC and Dark Horse. I've done all their characters to death. Harley Quinn, Jonah Hex, Daredevil, Avengers. Yeah, I've done. I've worked on Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I've worked on every major Marvel thing. And I'm like, well, I, I you know, I want to do my own, my own characters now. And maybe one will catch on, maybe it won't. But at the end of the day... I'm proud of every book I do. That's awesome. And is there anything out there that any of the big two have that if they said, hey, we want you here, you can pick uh, any book you want, anything that you have. Is there a road you haven't gone down yet? I, You know, with, with Marvel, I, I kind of, you know, my favorite ones have always been the Master Kung Fu and Daughters of the Dragon and and uh, Kill Raven and I got to do all them, you know. And uh, with DC, Jonah Hex was my favorite. Harley was never my favorite. Harley was something that we got and we found something we liked about the character. You gave and, her agency, which yeah, and and it was just because we, you know, and maybe that was the best thing to happen because Amanda and I literally sat there and said. Why would we care about this character? If we're going to invest our time in it, what is about her that we would care? And it was the same kind of thinking we had with Power Girl. When we got Power Girl, like, why, what is it about her that we like? And then, uh, you know, for, for Harley, it was easy because I felt if we kept Harley in Gotham, it was just another side character, another supporting character for Batman. Yeah. You know, so I, we needed to get her out of there. And that was like an easy choice for us. So it, it's so funny because all the choices we made, never in a million years did we think uh, we'd be creating, that making this character. What do they call it? The fourth, uh, Jim Lee called it the, um, the the fourth staple character, I guess, for him, for, for uh, DC. He had a term for it. I'm trying to remember uh, what it was. But it's sort of like the, you know, the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And the next one, he, uh, I think it's, it's, oh, we call it the fourth pillar and of the DC Comics. Yeah, and she's been huge. And, um, like, to the, almost like the the DC counterpart to um, Deadpool or somebody like that, who people just find and love, even though they don't really have that long of a history. I mean, I, you know, my first I wrote for Marvel was Deadpool. You know, uh, I wrote issue, I think, 46 to 55. I wrote the ones with the uh, Punisher. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I wrote the, that series. That was my first Marvel work that I wrote, which is kind of funny if you look at, you know, my career. It's like, oh, look at that, you know. I started out doing that crazy character. And... Uh, you know, with Harley, I, I, I see how people say she's, you know, like like Deadpool. But honestly, you know, I felt like Harley was more like a to the heart kind of person, like more more uh, emotionally driven. Where Deadpool was, you know, very cool to the room. You know, he was very much making a joke at, at anything's expense. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, with Harley, we kind of gave her a lot of quiet moments and introspective thinking uh, that was not really a very Deadpoolish thing, you know. Did the movie really um, help out with, like, uh, collections of sales for, for you guys? Yeah, I mean, Suicide Squad, I mean, it would have been nice to, you know, give him some credit or a thank you in the movie, but th th I'm sure they'll fix that in the future. Um, <laughs> but it was nice to, to go to the premiere. It was great to see uh, Margot Robbie, and Margot asked us if she did us if she did justice to the character, she asked us. That's amazing. And we said, we said, you were the best thing in the movie. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, um, so we're really happy with, we, we love what she did and she really brought that character to life. Um, but it's been crazy. I mean, I, today I had somebody just, somebody sent me a photo of, uh, there's a Harley Quinn, uh, Hagen dazs flavor, you know, and it has like a drawing of Amanda's on the lid, you know, and, um, it's like never ending. They've made thousands of things, licenses out of this character. Um, Oh yeah, and it's never, and it's not going to end because Birds of Prey and then Suicide Squad two, and it's not going to end. So I'm happy. I'm happy we did all that, and uh, you know, uh, and it's just interesting because sometimes you, you you stumble on the right character at the right time. Speaking of of movies, um, is the the pro film still coming? No. So what happened with the pro is we had it at the well. Okay, in the past we've had it at MTV. We had a spike. Uh, we even did some animation. If you look on YouTube, there's some animation Amanda did with Titmouse, and uh, we sold it to Paramount two years ago. And uh, they did. They had somebody do a really good screen, and you know, like anything else at Paramount, change hands change, and we got the property back again. Okay, cool, cool. So you know, it, it's one of those things. Like it's come so close to being made so many times. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I hear that. The good news is is every time we sell it, we get paid, you know. Uh, (laughs) Bad news is we'd love to see it on the screen at one point. So I will say stay stay tuned because that that book has more lives than uh, than anything. It has like it's like its own printings. I think it's in its seventh or eighth printing. And uh, we just keep selling that book. That's awesome. And and speaking of, of film. Um, the Painkiller Jane show, just as a, um, as an aside, uh, mm-hmm. my wife's, uh, grandfather would watch that show all the time. <laughs> um, he, he, he loved the, uh, I think it was sci-fi. The, the, yeah, the sci-fi. Yeah. But, uh, I, you get a pretty girl to throw a good punch or, you know, something like that. And that man melts. So, uh, yeah, that was Christana for yeah, helping Paul Paul enjoy TV. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, grandpa uh, dug it. Um, that was many years ago. Um, we, you know, the, the, uh, the good news is, you know, we're putting it, it's, it's being developed as a film. So we're at the stage of dealing with, um, is going out to directors right now. So, uh, film stuff takes a long time, but I will say I'm extremely happy with this. And, um, let's just say if once this Jane makes it to the screen or whatever screen size screen it winds up on, it's actually, uh, my, uh, my original take on the character. So, um, the sci-fi one really wasn't the sci-fi one was like a, a version, a sci-fi version of Jane. You know, um, but this film is going to be exactly what uh, I envision Jane to be. So, who was the director that did Punisher War, the War Journal movie? The uh, I the, think the, she would be amazing. Which one? The War Zone. War Zone. War Zone. That's it. That is. It was oh produced my, by Alan Hurd. Yeah, well, Gail's great. I mean, Gail. You know. Oh yeah. Gail, um. Oh God, I'm. Lexi I'm, I'm, Alexander. I'm, yeah, Lexi. Lexi is, uh, yeah, Lexi's Lexi's super talented. I mean, I I don't know who they're looking at right this moment for uh, for Jane, but Lex Lexi did a cool, pretty good job on the uh, on the Punisher War Zone. You know, sometimes it comes down to the writing. It's not the director. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, and and you got to remember, you know, you, you sit to the end of a film. There's around eight thousand credits. It's not like a comics where a comic where it's like. Well, there's the guy that wrote it. There's the guy that penciled it. There's the guy that inked it. And there's the guy that colored it. You know, it's easy to it's easy to do that. To film, it's it takes a, a village. You know, it takes it. It's it's a hundreds of people all putting their own opinion and all their own thing on it. So, um, Be, being that as it is, is yeah. it hard for you to let your babies go to another medium? Where uh, it definitely was for Jonah Hex because I saw the disaster that it was oh, going to be. And, and I love uh, that book. But, you know, but but Brolin was great in it. Brolin, um, yeah. He was a good know, hex. He was not the problem on the film. Um, the story was not tr- true to the character. 
if they made another Hex movie, um, I hope to God they would just call me and Justin <laughs> and get it over with because I do write screenplays and this I could do that one in my sleep or at least get us in there to consult um, because we were not involved all with it. And the information we were getting, we were like, that's not the character. And then we got to read the screenplay and we're like, okay, this isn't really Jonah Hex. And, uh, you know... It was just one of those heartbreaking things, um, you know, but a lot of times you have to look at it like, OK, no matter what happens, my book still stays my book. So you have to have that kind of thing, because, again, people take characters and make it their version. Um, so at the end of the day, you just have to go, well, they can still go to the bookstore and my book is still my book. And Jonah Hex comics are still my Jonah Hex comics and Justin's comics and. If you read them, they haven't changed. No matter how bad the film may have been, the comics stay the same. And that comic has consistently been pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We really, really enjoyed drawing it. It was hard to do the last issue. And, of course, I got to do it with, we got to do it with my buddy uh, Darwin Cook. So it's on a very extra oh, I, I bet. special thing. And... Um, you know, it was the right person doing it. Uh, again, it was a case where Darwin, I told Darwin what we were planning to do, and he says, well, I'm drawing it. You know, <laughs> So that was that was the end of that. There was no argument. He just, I had to tell DC, I'm like, look, Darwin's drawing the last issue. And they're like, uh, okay. So I'm like, outside of your wife. Yeah. Because I know the answer is Anna Connor. Right. <laughs> who have you enjoyed working with the most on, on artwork? Because you, you've really been able to, to work with so many amazing artists. Uh, who, who do I love writing for? You mean R- writing or, or inking and, uh, doing the art stuff. Okay. Inking, inking. I love working over John Romita Jr. Uh, obviously Joe Casada was great. Amanda, of course. um, but there were a lot of a lot of a lot of different artists. Rick Leonardo that I loved, and, and Dennis Cowan because I think they're both of them. Their lines were organic, and I loved an organic artist. I loved somebody that wasn't going so tight that there was no room to move. Um, I did ink John Buscema a couple of times, and that was fun. Um, it is a lot of them, you know. As far as writing, I mean, I, I probably my favorite. Other than Amanda, right? We have to keep saying that. <laughs> Other than Amanda, I think one of my favorite, uh, you know, a couple of my favorites are uh, uh, the two Harley artists, John Tim and Chad Harden, were both brilliant. Are both brilliant. And uh, they're both artists that no matter how good you write for them, they bring something else to the page that's not in your writing and they make it better. Um, and then I'll have to say my third favorite probably is Jordan A. Who was uh, who we collaborated on a lot, like twelve times, I think, on Jonah Hex, and he was one of my favorite foreign artists forever. And when we got him on Jonah Hex, I was I felt like I won the lottery. <laughs> That's um, yeah, and and his artwork is just tremendous, and it's very classic. It's very like Joe Kubert, like Spanish Joe Kubert, I guess. Okay, and, and I I don't want to take too much of your time up. I understand okay. it's I think it's. You're just an hour ahead of me. Uh, I don't okay. know how you haven't got a southern accent yet, man. <laughs> um, the Brooklyn accent is really tough to knock out of you. <laughs> you know? So, um, real, real quickly, who else out there is just blowing your mind in comics? You know, like there's, a, there's guys I love to watch. I love the Hernandez brothers. Um, Paul Pope, I like anything Paul does. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, um, Art-wise, there's so many guys. Oh, God. It's just hard to... Uh, put you on the spot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard because there's so many really good artists out there. Um, majority stuff, but I could see the new. Um, you know, my, my favorites were Mobius and, and Manara. So I still love Milo Manara. Oh, yeah. I love his work. And... Um, you know, I've worked with so many really great people. I, I it's it's hard to play favorites. Um, Pierre Vito is somebody I love working with, and and uh, uh, Ben Caldwell is somebody I love to do more art with, more more a couple more books with, and and uh, I don't know, so there's a lot. 
hot. I mean, so, you know, covers-wise or drawing-wise, I love Dampin' Ocean, you know. Uh, and Dave Johnson is one of the best cover artists there is, uh, hands down. Just a great... He's killing it. Yeah, he's a brilliant designer. You know, Dave Dave is so good, he doesn't know he's that good, which I love about him. Because <laughs> then I can get his artwork pretty cheap, because he doesn't realize how brilliant he is. Um so there's a lot of them. I mean, you know, you got to remember, I, I am, I am, a, I collect artwork. So um, it's the one, one thing, one hobby I have that you know I, I, I buy comic art. Um, it's a very expensive habit now. It used to be very cheap, um, but now it's very everything's very expensive. And, and I get it because you know these covers and the pages they're all one of kind. It's not like the comics where there's hundreds and thousands of copies. Um, but I love collecting comic art. And uh, part of that is, oh, I, like, names bouncing in my head, like Eduardo Riso. I love Riso stuff, you know. Um, like, I'll read any book with his art. You know, John uh, Armita Sr., John Armita Jr., those guys. I, I just, they're Armitas. They're just great people. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many. I mean, we, we have a, you know, like the music business. It's like saying, who's your favorite singers? And I'm like, you, you, you would kill me if you asked me that. Because I, <laughs> I, I listen to music, uh, you know, new bands, and, and uh, you know, I buy a couple albums a week. Oh, really? I, I meant to, actually meant to ask, like, do you yeah. do you listen while you draw? I, or, I, uh, or write, I, rather. I'm sorry. I do. I listen, I listen, to, um, I listen to mostly music. Right. So not not anything where people are singing uh, because that throws me off. But uh, but I've been like uh, listening lately to Krangbin. Is that how you say Krangbin? I'm I'm feeling old now. (laughs) Um, Their stuff is like, let's see if I can play a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to play a little bit. I want to say it's like surf music if you if you smoked a lot of weed. (laughs) Nice. So here, let me see. Can you hear it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's just music, you know. It's it's and I don't. It's rare, rare that they sing. It's like got that big echoey sound. Let me see. Yeah. Let me bounce. Yeah, it, it's so it's Krang Ben. It's 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 such a weird name. I think they just made it so I can miss I can mispronounce it a lot. Um, but I but I do listen to like um, uh, oh a lot of a lot of stuff. Digby Jones is another one uh, I like, which is it's a little funky, you know. And uh, Fleet Fox, you ever hear of them? Oh yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah, so I like them. Yeah, Fleet Foxes and uh, Dido has a great album out now that just came out. Um, it's kind of mellow. She's she's great though. I like her, but I try everything. Yeah, and I and I try everything. You know, Diane Ward. Uh, do you know their stuff at all? Oh yeah, yeah. We we actually saw them uh, a few years ago, and it was insane. So oh, lucky. and how lucky are you? And yeah, I I couldn't believe they came to Birmingham. <laughs> I, I, I would I would uh, yeah. I mean that's crazy. Um, I would love to see them live, and but I listen to mostly so soundtracks you know and it's and um and most you know movie soundtracks like it's like henry mancini depends what i'm working on a good friend of he uh he's a writer and he uh as well and he started buying records specifically Mm -hmm. because you know you're so sedentary at at, you know doing your writing you got to get up off your ass every few minutes, and uh, his trick is to put on a record. So every few minutes, he has to get up and flip it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would drive me insane, I think, because I would just be like, "Oh, you know," I'd probably be sitting there with no music playing, just with the <laughs> going on in the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I when I got recently, uh, Cat People, Giorgio Moroder, you know, like a lot of stuff like that. But I th- music fits the mood. Whatever I'm writing, I try to fix it with. But my go-to soundtrack for writing, okay? What's that? Okay, it's the it's the soundtrack to Interstellar. Oh, dude, that 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 whole thing was amazing. Yeah, well, that's the, I think it's the most creative soundtrack. Wasn't that one of the guys yeah. from Radiohead that did that? 
Um, I know it's Hans Zimmer. I don't know. If oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's probably the best soundtrack from a movie in years. Um, and, and it's just one of those things. It's just like it grows on you. And it's great for writing, especially if you're writing science fiction or anything like that. So it's like I do try to match the soundtrack to the, uh, <laughs> to, the to the book. I know it's, I, it's again, I have a love of music, I think, because I have no I can't. I, I can't play an instrument, you know, so it's like a mystery of the universe to me when people do. Listening to a lot of Sun, which is a um, a doom metal band. It's oh, glacially nice. paced, and they uh, they're mostly instrumental. Uh-huh. But, um, it uh, it's it's one of those bands where you could see them live and uh-huh. stand there for about thirty minutes, and and they'll just be finishing their first song. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Sun right now. I had a choice. U N N. Oh, and there's an O and some. In. With two ends, it's two ends. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay, they well, named themselves after a um, an amp uh, oh, or yeah. a, a cabinet. Uh, if if you're into like making music or something, Sun is a uh, a company that makes equipment. And so it's a brother and sister, or no, no, it's it's two guys, it's two dudes. Nazia and Zoheb, right? Is that it? No. 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 I, I'm going to have to send you a link because... Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I'm looking at Sun, so this is... Let me see. This is in it, right? No, 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 no. This is like doom metal at its... No kidding. ...finest. There's a band called... This isn't it, is it? No. No, okay. How come it's not, not finding it? It's weird because there's a band Sun and there's a band Sun S U N N, but it's not it's not coming up. Oh man, they're they're fantastic. Uh, See, but now you got me. I'm, I want to find it, but it's, <laughs> so you don't think. Uh, oh, let me see. You said here. Yeah, I, I see. Uh, oh, Sun O. It's Sun S U N N O. Yeah, it, it's it's dumb. You don't pronounce they for some reason you don't pronounce the O, but here we go. Here we go. Just. Glacially paid. It's like oh yeah. It's like if Gillow was taking his time. Exactly. <laughs> like working his toenail into a into a window, you know. And <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you can just kind of get in your head. You had that going on yeah, in the background. I, I like, it's almost trancey. It's like trance music, but metal. Exactly. exactly. All right, I'll be. I'll be. Uh, what's the best album you can recommend? What's your favorite one? The I really liked Void. Void. Okay, let me see if I can find that one. Void. No, but oh, I'm gonna see. all. Oh, there's a lot of albums I have. Oh yeah, yeah. They're. Uh, let's see. The the Life Metal one is the one that keeps coming up first. Yeah, that that's their newest release. Oh okay. Wow, I don't see Void. It's so funny, right? It's, uh, it's oh yeah, there it is. Okay, all right, man, that's good. Oh, it's only got four songs on it, but they're fourteen minutes. Dude, they're like it's super long. It's funny. I got my wife, who is a kindergarten teacher, into um, into play, this. She plays. She plays this for the kids. Oh yes, yes. No. <laughs> I said, and they said, here, kid, everyone gets. A little axe and a knife. So we're, we're all going to have a nap, and yeah. I'm just going to give you kids nightmares. Right, fight for the cookie. <laughs> fight for the cookie. I like it. Um, but anyway, uh, this is thank you for the recommendation, because I love when people recommend music, because uh, I love to try anything new. So um, I think once you stop trying new things, uh, as far as music, art, uh, computers, or technology, I think that's when you're, you're doomed. I think that's that's what really makes you get old real quick. I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. Because I'm I'm kind of old, but I am so on top of um, everything. You know, anything comes out, I'm trying it. You know, the curiosity factor is there, like you know, insane. And I think it also keeps me young on on some sort because people talk about stuff, and I know exactly what they're talking about. And uh, sometimes it freaks them out a little bit. <laughs> 
Jimmy, thank you so much for uh, for recording an interview with us, man. Yeah, uh, no. Is there, is there sure. anything else you'd like to say about Painkiller Jane? No, I, you know, I've got seven days left. I don't. By the time you hear it, it might be only three or four days left. But I, I hope it. Go check it out on Kickstarter. If even if you don't like it, just uh, just if you if you if you share it on social media, I owe you a handshake and a smile when I see you. Oh, dude, yeah, we're gonna blast the the. So yeah, you can get the whole book. I, I want to tell people for eight bucks, you can get the whole book. It's almost a hundred pages. Oh, that's so, awesome. uh, so for eight dollars, we send it right to your mailbox. So it's it's really not that expensive if you think about it. Um, and then yeah, just uh, thanks. Uh, good talking to you, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, appreciate you letting us interview you. And um, good luck with the. I mean, obviously you guys have already reached the goal, but you got seven more days left. So uh, I hope you guys kick it. Well, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna download. I think I'm gonna download the. Void and maybe life metal. Monoliths and Dimensions is reaching out to me. I don't know why, but I'm going to have to try this. The big church has a... uh, It's really... It's kind of head music, but it's... uh, Are they all just like four songs? They're all just like... uh, Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. They're all like four songs, but they're all... Man, this new one is like... Life metal is 20, 40, 50, 60. It's an hour and... 10 minutes. And one of the guys for certain is actually does soundtracks for like, that's his day job. Oh really? Okay. That's cool. So, um, yeah, I, I dig it, man. Cool, man. Well, it's good talking to you. And sorry it took so long to get to, to me and all that stuff, but it's fun. Dude, this is, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. All so right. we'll talk to you soon then. Take it easy, man. All right. Take care. Casey. Okay. We're back. We're back. I mean, I really wish I was able to, we were able to get on the interview, but I'm so glad Casey able to step into that for us. I know. I was super jelly. Super yeah. jelly. Yeah. But go check out the Kickstarter of Pink Hero Jane. Uh, check out, obviously, all of his stuff because it's great. I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of all his stuff for quite a long time. It's, it's, it's always a fun read. It's always amazing art. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. It's the way it should have be. You re- have, you, have you ever read the pro that he did? I have not. Is it good? Should I should I read it? You should, should I go check, out and you should get it check right it out. I I don't want to give you too much on it of what it's about. Okay, but it's she's an ex stripper, I believe it is, or an ex. I know what you're talking or something. about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. It's 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 in it's vain. It's in the same reading. vein as Happy. Yeah, it's definitely worth reading. It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's only a one shot, right? Uh, I think I think there's two. I believe there's two. Okay. Yeah, I'll check them out. I'll definitely. I've been wanting to check them out. Yeah, I think I think I have a copy of it still. I'll, I'll let you borrow it. There you go, or go buy it and support Pomiati, whatever. Yeah, whichever one works for you. <laughs> put me I on mean, the if spot. You wanna, if you want to read it for free, go ahead. But if you want to support <laughs> the artist we just talked to, man, put me on the spot. <laughs> it's like streaming comics, <clears throat> right? Oh god. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much to Pomiati, Jimmy. Yeah, not, thank you on. very much wait, for wait, coming wait, wait. on. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that again. I said, I said his name backwards for some reason. Pomiati, Jimmy. <laughs> Right. Hey, thank you so much, Jimmy Palmiotti, for coming on the show and talking with Casey uh, and and giving us your time to talk about your book and everything else. Yeah. Best of luck with your current Kickstarter and all future endeavors. We really appreciate it. Please come back on and we'll do this all over again. Uh, yeah. With, with us this time. Yes. With us this time. Well, there you guys go. We are Spoiler Country. We are heard everywhere. Podcasts are heard. We're on all the social medias. And I know we have a voicemail somewhere. We do, we do. That number is 707-656-2080. One more time, because you didn't hear me. 707-656-2080. Call, leave a voicemail, tell us how much you love us, tell us how much you hate us. Tell us your favorite Jimmy Palmiani story or what you had you read. That's great. <laughs> that was so awkward. It's always awkward, because I never know what to say. After, after I say the number, it's almost like making it up in my head. Womp, 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 womp. Don't forget to open the mind and read more. 